This is Thomas Smith from Serious Inquiries Only, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Delamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. Good day to you, one and all. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Episode 453, if I am not mistaken, of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and I'm joined today by the head bobbin, Brittany Page. The head bobbin. Yes, that's me. Did you have a, an internal earth, wind, and fire track playing in your head? You know... Since you said that, <laughs> yes, I just recently watched a, I follow Earth, Wind & Fire on Instagram. Uh, I think everyone knows that. Very good follow. And for, for those new listeners joining us, mm-hmm. the lovely and talented and scholarly Brittany Page yeah. is a, a ravenous Earth, Wind & Fire fan. Sure. And, um, <laughs> sure. Uh, I follow- you cry. Yeah, at I, Earth, Wind, and Fire concerts. Yes, well, they were great. And that's not such a tagline. That's a real thing that happens to you. Yes. Anyway, proceed. Yes. So I was watching. I don't know if it. I don't know if this was posted today because you know, with the algorithm, you never know if you're seeing something from three months ago or or years ago. Yeah, I mean, what is happening? I, I don't, that I don't happens know. all the time. Yeah. So uh, and it was. Hold that thought. I mean, I'm going to talk about something. But go ahead. Oh, I'm surprised that you're going to hold the thought. Weird. Very impressive. Anyway. So it was some ad for a boombox from back in the day and Earth, Wind, and Fire. Back in the day when they called them boomboxes. <laughs> also, ghetto blasters, they called them. It was the Panasonic something. Mm, you know it's good when it's Panasonic. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Earth, Wind, and Fire was dancing around. Great commercial. Really liked it. Was it as high quality of visual effects as their videos? Uh, comparable, comparable. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's substantial. It was a different time. Real nice. It was a different time. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what were you going to talk about? Oh, though? yeah. The the how the, the algorithm. Yeah. Sends weird articles back, like from to the future, from the past. Okay. Like, for instance, last week or just a couple days ago, I guess. I saw an article from 538, one of your faves. Mm-hmm. Something about, uh, you might want to look for it, uh, like 41% of people um, don't approve of people reclining their, their, their seat on an airplane. Yes, I remember you being very upset about this. Yeah, well, a friend of mine, Jeremy from Kansas, mm-hmm. infrequent caller to the show. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he, he 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 wrote he Shamed. answered a, a, an email or a, a tweet he was either a reply to like a you're tweet. in his email anyway he, he replied to a tweet or he like quote tweeted it yeah and it was um some poker player and they were shitting on people who get angry like this 41 percent when people recline 
their seats. Well, the headline for this article, and I guess what you're getting at with the algorithm is that this article is from September 2014, so it's four years old. It's making rounds again. And for some reason, it's popping up on Twitter again, but the title is 41% of flyers think you're rude if you recline your seat. So, you know, you have the little button where you can go back a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you can go back a very, <laughs> very minimal In, amount. Insubstantial. Yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, honestly, for the, is there any benefit? I mean, for the benefit you get, what's the benefit cost ratio there? The cost that that the person behind you incurs because you are reclining and the comfort that you get. I mean, what's the percent trade-off there? I don't, uh, well, anyway, so this tweet, they were shitting on people. um, And I, well, one, I don't think the headline, it's not as easy as it's rude to do it. But let me say this. Look, I'm six foot three. When someone reclines their seat, especially when someone of normal size reclines their seat, I kind of like, nah, I get it. They don't get, they don't understand what it's like. They don't, they don't, they, they have no idea what I go through. Mm. That's not what I'm saying. But, but when a big dude, somebody my size reclines and I'm behind them, it's seething hatred and anger that Uh-oh. I have mm-hmm. because fuck that guy. Because he knows <laughs> the struggle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm really amping this up like it's a big deal, but it, it, it is kind of a dick move. Have you ever asked anyone? Like, let's no. say someone reclined. Okay. I'm too timid. I'm too meek. So, <laughs> yeah, you're really meek. Uh, <laughs> so you've never. You know me in public. You've never I'm asked not someone. I'm a guy. Never have. Never. Okay. So you just sit there and hate them and you don't oh, say Oh, yeah. There's a lot. Yes. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what else, though? This is a story that I just remembered. I was on a plane one time, and the audience, I haven't, I've only talked about it a couple times, but I dislocated my hip and my knee in a motorcycle accident in a training on a Marine Corps motorcycle, and I almost, they almost amputated my leg because mm-hmm. the blood flow wasn't coming back, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so, <laughs> so I like to have the, I like to be on the right side of the plane, like the passenger side, not the driver's side, mm-hmm. and I like to be on the aisle because if I'm... If it's an emptier plane, I can kind of get my leg out there mm-hmm. and stretch it out so it's not, you know. So she, the blood doesn't cut off again and it's going to have to get amputated yeah, all over again. Yeah. Yeah, that exactly. That's mm-hmm. what I was thinking. <laughs> and I told a flight attendant one time on an Alaska Air flight. Okay. I said, hey, listen, I kind of like to be on this side because I dislocated my hip. I didn't lie. Mm-hmm. And she went up to this person. Like up ahead of me, and she was like, uh, "Excuse me, we have a veteran who lost his leg in the <gasps> war." Oh my god! And I was like, "No, no, 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 no! That's not what I know." And they wouldn't either believe me or whatever. So I limped off the plane, like I, <laughs> like yeah, like I was stolen valor guy. Because then, then I felt like I had endorsed it, even though I vehemently tried to tell him no. Oh my god! But the guy gave up a seat, so I had to, you know, give him a thrill that he really helped out a veteran. Wow, it was terrible. I hope that person's listening to the podcast and they remember this exact moment. I felt very lame. You, Very lame about it. Well, I mean, it sounds like you did all you can, all you could. I was going to say. Are you, you saying I was a hero? <laughs> no, not at all. I'm saying it sounds like you did what you were supposed to do in that moment by protesting and saying, no, this is my real leg. Yeah, she was real assertive. So I was like, no, no, no. And she like, you know, brushing me off. Yeah. Like shushing me. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe she was in on the scam. Maybe she knew what she was doing. 
heard me correctly, but needed to really sell it to the dude. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, back seems to like the, she picked the right person. I would like to know what the audience thinks, and I'd really like to know if you do call in or write in. We got to know how tall you are, because mm. if you're five foot three, and you just don't get it, well, that's a different story. But if you're a big, that's who I want to hear from. Big guys, I guess, and We're and big lades. Yeah, yeah. What is the deal here? There's also tall lades. Hashtag tall lades. You're a tall lade. Um, yeah. So I don't recline. I tell you what. You you request communication from your cross section, and I'll I'll request communication from my people. I'm not the one complaining and freaking out because it's not that big of a deal to me. Here's what happens when I get on a plane. Wow. I know that for a certain amount of time I'm going to be very uncomfortable. So I I just have that in my head. I'm going to be frustrated at the airport. Yeah. I'm going to be feeling a certain way. I'm going to be uncomfortable on the plane, but hey, I'm going to get to where I need to be really fast. <laughs> Technology's awesome. Yes. I'm lucky to be able to fly and once I get there, I will forget about the trauma of sitting in a small box with everyone coughing into my nose. Also, it's cheap as hell to fly. Yeah, so I mean, we really are lucky to have that experience. So, so so don't be a dick and recline your seat. Yeah. It's not... And listen, we're going to get off of this because we're really belaboring <laughs> the point here. But if you, if you look behind you and you got somebody whose feet don't touch the ground, recline away, baby. <laughs> but if my legs are jammed into the back of the seat when it's already in the upright position... God damn, have a little empathy for your fellow human beings Mm -hmm. and don't ratchet it back and re-injure my whole shit situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not a good time for the Jesse D on a plane. Sounds like it. And I'm only slightly taller than a normal person. I can't imagine being an actual tall guy. Yeah, it'd be really hard. You, you are, this is the worst playing along I think you've ever done inside of 500 episodes. Well, I mean, you're... (laughs) You're acting like it's a serious trauma. Moving on. We have some listener (laughs) communication, as we always do. And we're going to get to that right now. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. This is uh, John from Columbus. Um, In regards to uh, Kavanaugh, I know I'm a little late on all this, but not going to lie, I've been trying, trying to avoid it just because he literally just sounds like Trump 2.0 when he talks, and it's annoying. But in regards to him, you know, college, high school years drinking, um, I got kicked out. I'm not going to say what college it was, um, but I got kicked out of college and put on academic probation for drinking. And I was a blackout drinker. And I, you know, I've now been sober for almost a decade. But that aside, I can't recall all the moments that I blacked out. I can't recall months of my life. But what I can say, honestly and truthfully, is that I never raped anyone. I never assaulted anyone. I never ended up in prison. And to be part, to to be known as a drinker and to be part of a Ralph club, straight up that means that you are Hey, uh, that you're a blackout drinker because that's what happens when you blackout. I know from personal experience, it's what happens when you blackout. 
your body has too much alcohol and it tries to get rid of it. And, you know, all Kavanaugh has to do is say, I was dumb. I was 17. Who here wasn't dumb when they were 17? Who here didn't do something stupid when they're 17? But he can't do that. Why? Because it puts him in jeopardy. And this isn't going to affect his life. He is fine. He's getting endorsements by the president. If he doesn't get this position, he'll probably end up in Trump's, you know, committee. Um, you know, his, his cabinet, whatever it's called. Uh, but, you know, from one person who got kicked out of college to another person who, you know, has said similar things that I can relate to, he knows what he did. He remembers the times he blacked out, and he feels bad about it. He just doesn't want to share it because he's not an honest person. Um, and, you know, he, he may tell the truth, but he's not honest. And AA treatment programs are all about honesty. You have to be honest with yourself first and then start being honest with others. And he's unable to be honest with himself. So this is what I expect from him. Uh, you know, I'm kind of rambling now, so thanks for the show, guys. Um, you know, you're both the best part for different reasons. All right, guys. Thank you, John. Yeah, that was a great call. And also, hey, congratulations on 10 years being sober. Yeah, that's awesome. It's an accomplishment. Yeah, and thank you for uh, sharing your experience and I your always, story. I always get a little misty when listeners call in and share something real and raw and personal. Um, and that's that's something personal. Because they're not just sharing it with us, obviously. There's a couple other ears on this, and uh, it's meaningful because it, it's impactful. So th thank you very much for that. Um, well, I, I also want to say uh, yeah. um, that there were many important things uh, said in that voicemail. Um, and I think that part of what comes up for me uh, living in an alcoholic home um, is the projection, the inability to take responsibility. I'm talking about my childhood home yeah, uh, where I had a parent who was an alcoholic and then both my parents... Um, Drug addicted. Yeah. And so when I was watching that, it just seemed like this inability to take responsibility. And now we're seeing more things come out related to his drinking, not just his college roommate that he says he doesn't have a good relationship with who's motivated to lie, but other classmates at Yale. We have and, clips of those coming up. Yeah. Right. And it can't be that all of these people are out to get him. Right. Well, they all say, I didn't see anything sexual. That's not what motivated me to come out. But I did see the drinking. Mm -hmm. And these are people who partied with him. They know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then this letter came out today. I don't know if you heard about this. Um, the New York Times is reporting on it. A 1983 letter that Brett Kavanaugh wrote in which he's warning his friends of the danger of eviction from an Ocean City condo. Hmm. Um, it's handwritten. And I guess I can just read it for you here. Is this the one that looks like a, a bad photocopy of like chicken scratch and it's signed Bart? Yes. It oh, is, I have seen this. It is signed Bart. And again, that Interesting, is... Interesting. That's another question he refused to answer when asked by Senator Sheldon Whitehouse. Right. Or I'm sorry, Patrick Le Leahy about, of Vermont. About Mark Judge, his friend, his childhood friend. Yeah. Uh, the book that Mark Judge wrote in which there's a reference to a Bart O. Kavanaugh drinking a lot and passing out. 
Um, and he signs this letter Bart. So I'll read a section of it here. Yeah. Uh, he writes, if half of Gonzag slash St. John's starts coming, we might have to give the boot or else we might get it ourselves. I think we are unanimous that any girls we can beg to stay there are welcomed with open. Anyway, I think we're all set. And there's a little ellipsis there. And then anyway. Yeah. Meaning they're going to try to get some, some sex from the lades. Remember that the eight of us are in charge. We get beds and we kick people out. No one else. The danger of eviction is great. And that would suck because of the money and because this week has big potential. Interpret as wish. I'm leaving for Ireland on Wednesday the 8th. Fucking rich kids. I wonder if that's in the calendar. Yeah. So someone has to volunteer by then to be in charge of money and signing the lease. It will still be in my name. F, 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 F. F. There's five F's. Did I say Which that? Which I think is like fuck them, finger them, something, and and finish something. That's are you like being a, serious? An acronym for something. Yeah, I saw that somewhere. Like if people are piecing together the different things from his from his yearbook, they're all just salacious bullshit, and that's one of them. Yeah. Hmm. And he was saying, oh well, my buddy Squee, when he said the F word, he put a little stank on it. I mean, that's not what he said, but he said that he said he had a wind up like. Fuck. Mm-hmm. It's all just, just a, a stretch, a reach, every single thing. But okay. anyway, so this is. So then he signs it, Bart. Yeah. Uh, P.S. It would probably be a good idea on Saturday, the 18th, to warn the neighbors that we're loud, obnoxious drunks with prolific pukers among us. Advise them to go about 30 miles, blah, blah, blah. And then it kind of cuts off. Again, the Ralph Club, because of his sensitive tum tum. Right. The spicy food. We right. should warn the neighbors that when I have a spicy burrito, ugh, I'm just like a, a, a fire hydrant with the puke. Mm-hmm. Through his lawyers, he's declined to comment other than to, other than to say of the letter, quote, this is a note I wrote to organize Beach Week in the summer of 1983. Why did you sign it Bart? Bart O'Kavanaugh when you denied when you were evasive mm-hmm. when asked that question by Patrick Leahy. Are you Bart O'Kavanaugh? Well, you'll have to ask him. Ugh. So anyway, this this goes to uh, lying. Yes. Uh, perjury. That's that's what we're talking about here. Because he was asked about his drinking. He was asked about the blacking out. And the reason he's lying is because he knows the next question. Which is, if you have blacked out from drinking and you were a heavy, loud, obnoxious drunk at this time... Uh, how are we supposed to take your memory and believe that you can remember things accurately? Right, because it's naturally not as credible. It's not a, a, an official indictment and a statement of guilt at all, for sure not. But it for sure means that there's a higher likelihood that he is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, John, thank you for the call. We appreciate it very much. I believe we have uh, an email involving a correction and we always welcome dissent on the show. It is it is uh, it is welcomed with open arms. Hi, Jesse and Brittany. I just listened to episode 452 about the Kavanaugh and Ford testimonies. You guys played the audio of the incident between Senator Klobuchar and Brett Kavanaugh and talked about how rude and disrespectful it was. Although I agree completely, I was a little surprised and disappointed that you guys did not play or even mention his apology to Senator Klobuchar. I just felt like you were not giving the audience the full story. And I'm just trying to keep my favorite audience, my favorite 
podcast honest yes love you guys and love the show oh i almost forgot jesse is most definitely not the best part <laughs> that would be Brittany. burn me love the show Brittany's the best part bye thank you james from arizona james from arizona juked me you went left when i thought you were going right so can I say something? Yes. I think the reason that we didn't talk about that or play it is because I don't care. <laughs> and um, I didn't either because I thought it was disingenuous bullshit. Yeah. I mean, we're going to play it now because James has shamed us into submission and we have to. I haven't um, <laughs> submitted. I'm acquiescing out of decency. No, I'm kidding. But I understand why James would feel like it's not the full story, although we're going to play it. And then discuss why we felt it wasn't needed. I'm not just going to play it. I'm going to give the entire, not the entire exchange, but the drinking part where he's being a cock <laughs> and giving his bullshit about, <laughs> have you? Have you? Yeah. Drinking is one thing, but the concern is about truthfulness. And in your written testimony, you said sometimes you had too many drinks. Uh, was there ever a time when you drank so much that you couldn't remember what happened or part of what happened the night before? I, I, no, I remember what happened, and I think you've probably had beers, Senator, and and so... So I, you're saying there's never been a case where you drank so much that you didn't remember what happened the night before or part of what happened? That's You're asking about, yeah, blackout. I don't know, have you? Could you answer the question, Judge? I just So you that's not happened. Is that your answer? Yeah, and I'm curious if you have. I have no drinking problem. Notice his answer there. It wasn't a yes or a no. It was restating what she's asking about. You're asking about blackout. I don't know. Have you? That's not an answer to anything at all. Yeah, I also noticed that she was kind of... I don't know, laughing and almost trying to make him feel comfortable mm. when I wish that she would have just said, you know, this isn't about me and I'm asking you a question. Are you going to answer it or are you not going to answer it? It's kind of um, the social construct that women have to operate within. Otherwise, they, they get labeled a bitch or aggressive or whatever. And she's, you would have rather seen her light him up a little bit, be a little bit more Kamala Harris. Yeah, well, I mean, every all the other men were yelling. Yeah, of course. So Lindsey Graham acting like a maniac. Yeah, it's like, did you did you see this? Can I just go off topic for a second? Yeah, we got the clip next. We know where we're going. You know, the Captain Marvel trailer came out and the poster With Brie Larson, right? Yeah. And she got criticized on social media because she's not smiling in any of the photos, and so people photoshopped them so that she's smiling. And they look fucking creepy, don't they? Well, that's not how superhero movies are. Yeah, and, of course not. And what Batman? What Batman poster is he just grinning away? So that's what she did. She photoshopped smiles onto male superheroes <laughs> and posted them, <laughs> and it's very strange. Yeah, but it it's weird. This this I don't know. Still is being propped up well dudes are dickholes and dude nerds are obsessive dickholes you know what i mean they get real bent out of shape when their nerd thing doesn't go their particular nerd way i mean if that... we got any nerds out there call in and back me up on this so this argument is fairly convincing although i'm gonna need some data on it so well here i got a study right here yeah you about... do yeah. About nerds. You were reading from it. My I can tell. Yeah. My nerd study. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
Anyway, back to James, the topic. James in Arizona. Yeah. He, here, here is the very, very sincere apology that came immediately after the break when he came back in and apparently was told, hey, guy, you came across like a dickhole, like one of the nerd dickholes, <laughs> uh, and you need to apologize. I started my last colloquy by saying to Senator Klobuchar how much I respect her and respected what she did at the last hearing, and she asked me a question at the end that I responded by asking her a question, and I didn't, sorry I did that, this is a tough process, I'm sorry about that. I appreciate that. I, I would like to add, when you have a parent that's alcoholic, uh, you're pretty careful about drinking. And, um, and the second thing is, I was truly just trying to get to the bottom of the facts and the evidence, and I Again, believe we do that by opening up the FBI investigation, and I would call it a background check instead of investigation. I, I think that's a great response that she gave because she brought it around to something relevant. I, I wish when in these processes someone doesn't answer a question and they're, they're obviously evasive, I wish they would be called out on it. Just like in the media, when reporters do it. Mm -hmm. When they say, well, you're not answering my question. I'm going to move on having not gotten an answer to my question. I wish they would do that because anybody who's watching, it's not always the politically savvy who watch these things these days. And I think it, it, it's, one, it's good for the record because this is all being recorded, not just on C-SPAN, but also in a court reporter type of way. So the record is preserved that it gets stated, he didn't answer the question. He told me what my question was and then asked me to answer it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I also so back to the criticism from yeah, James. Sorry, sorry. Um, I don't think it was sincere. Yeah, I don't think it was sincere either, and I I felt like she let him off the hook too easy as well. And you have to take this into consideration: the whole event, the spectacle, yeah, the yelling, the crying, the acting in a, such a way that Doctor Ford would not be permitted to act. Um, taking all of that cumulatively. It just, it, it's not okay. So yeah. he can't fly off the handle and not be able to regulate his emotions and then come back and try to say sorry for it. We know what you were doing. We know what you're doing. And just because your team told you that you went too far in that moment and then you realized, oh shit, yeah. I should probably come out here and apologize and, and take it down a notch. Yeah. If you, listen, you work down in Texaco. That's a-okay. We, we get it. Yeah. You're going to be a, the next Supreme Court justice in a lifetime appointment. Sorry, brother. Uh, the, the standards are a little higher. Well, and I love how the Matt Damon SNL thing <laughs> yeah. went, where he's like, I'm going to start at an 11, and I'm going to get to a 15 real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Except he was screaming it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was good. Yeah, about 10% of Saturday Night Live is worth watching. So Until we get to Kanye with his fucking MAGA hat. Okay. You know, that's so, another story. Um, we got some emails here today about Trump mocking Dr. Ford. Yes. So would you like to read these emails? Yeah, because I also have a clip of that. Okay. So uh, this is from Josh. Hey, guys, I immediately felt compelled to fire off this email after reading the news that at one of his rallies, Trump mocked Dr. Ford when she testified to the Senate Judiciary Committee by impersonating her and ridiculing her. I like to think I've maintained a decent level of composure through these last few years since Trump entered the political fray. 
I truly stopped being surprised at anything about him long ago, but this is the first time I haven't been able to watch what he has done. I truly can't bring myself to click the play button on the coverage of this rally. I imagine you'll cover this, which this gets to the main reason I listen to you guys. I need to hear someone express the pure absurdity of what is happening here. I don't think a word exists for how vile, ignorant, or misogynistic this act really was. This, perhaps as much or more than anything Trump has done so far, demonstrates his utter impossibility to think at a higher level about anything. Somehow, I think these Kavanaugh hearings bring a certain gravity to our culture right now that Trump's personal matters or presidency don't. I think it's because his remarks related to women endanger what I thought was finally becoming real progress for women in the era of the Women's March and the Me Too movement. Not to say this completely undoes that, but while some of his policies and irrationality will probably leave office along with him, I fear this sets a precedent that could persist long after his departure, especially if Kavanaugh is confirmed. This email is but the tip of the iceberg into how I'm feeling, and I don't imagine you want to spend a whole day or episode reading an email of mine, so I'll just <laughs> leave it at that for now. These are the moments I, for one, most appreciate what you do. Josh. Josh. That's an awesome email. Yeah, it's a great email. Very well written mm-hmm. email. Yes. Might I add. This next email is from Emma, and it's on the same topic, so... Let's do it, and then we're going to hit the break, and then after the break, we'll play the clips. I just read an NY Times article. Wow. <laughs> that's how it's written. NY Times. Yeah. Um, article is that, that really how it's written? Well, no, it's just NY Times, oh. but I had difficulty reading that for some reason. <laughs> um, article that describes Trump doing a mocking impersonation of Dr. Ford and his supp- supporters laughing and cheering him on. Yeah, of course they did. I have come to expect this behavior from Trump. He is a soulless monster, but his supporters laughing and encouraging him while he does this is what infuriated me. I know we're not supposed to hate Trump supporters, but for this, I truly do hate them because so few white strong men really know what it's like to feel powerless in the most vulnerable way possible. And just because they haven't experienced it means it could never happen. Not only could it never happen, but this woman blew up her whole life just to lie about it for some reason. I hate all of them. They should all get a good punch in the face and a Mm. kick in the nuts. Yes, ma'am. I don't know what the women in the crowd were thinking. And frankly, I can't even begin to try to understand it. Thanks for letting me rant. Emma. They were worshiping their tangerine titan. Tippy top shape. This was Mississippi. Keep in mind. And we're going to talk about this on the other side of the break. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. Ingrid. Ingrid is our latest Patreon supporter. You see how I put a little a little extra on there? I noticed that. Ingrid! Going above and beyond. Really, truly. I made it like a 12-syllable name. Yes. <laughs> so if you are a Patreon supporter and you are not named Ingrid, then you should have your stickers. <laughs> because I am all caught up now. And actually, actually Patreon. Why why you gotta put it like that? 
Why, why do you say I am all caught up? Why can't you say we're all caught up? It just lets everybody know that I'm a lazy turd who does nothing and you take care of everything. Okay. My, my feelings are, are they're hurt. You're right. I'm Dashed sorry. Dashed against the rocks. Yes. Yeah, so Jesse is all caught up with that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Patreon actually fixed their system and made things really easy now. They've done a lot of improvements. It was a goddamn train wreck for five years. Yeah. They finally they finally fixed it. So we're really, we really appreciate that. Thank you, Patreon. Um, I'm not shitting on, well, a little bit. But, you know, they got shit going on. But. Yeah, they got to take care of us, too. Make sure that shit's easy. Right. So if you're in the appropriate... Talking about stuff nobody cares about right now. If you're in the appropriate tier... I know what I'm doing with the show. For stickers, <laughs> then you should have received them. Again, if your name is not Ingrid, because that's brand new, and I will get to that. Yes. I promise. Um, so we appreciate you guys. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. You can also go to dollamore.com slash Amazon to shop the Amazon link. Uh, remember as it gets closer to the holidays to do your holiday shopping using that Dollamore Amazon link. If you're going to shop with Amazon, we're not advocating you shop there, but if you're going to shop there, you're not going to spend any more by using the link. And we get a little piece of that. So that's awesome. And by the way, a little Amazon news. Yeah, $15 they, an hour. They announced today they're going to start paying their minimum wage for everybody. $15 an hour. And people say that posting on social media does nothing. Well, that was a lot of heat. They were catching some heat. Heat matters. They were. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So anyway, that's not more incentive to buy there. If you have a moral objection, yeah, fuck them. Who cares? In addition, the uh, <laughs> September hangout is going to be this weekend. This weekend. The first weekend in October. Friday night, Saturday morning. Right. So if you are in the tier for that, look for your message on Friday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time. Mere and minutes before we go live. And Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific time. And by the way, I want to say, uh, those aren't like a live stream where you just chat questions at us. That's like a... A sit-down, hang-out, we all got a drink, and we can all ram, ram, yammer on mm -hmm. at each other. Right. They're getting a little crowded now where you got to have some kind of a system, but it's a good time. Yeah, that's not true, but okay. All right. They're not, they're not too crowded. Anything else? Don't try to discourage people from taking advantage of their well-deserved reward on Patreon. Wow. Is that what I'm doing? How dare you? <laughs> How, How dare you, dare sir? <laughs> All right. Is that it? That's Anything it. else? That's it. We love you guys. Thank you for your support. For sure. Your dedication, your loyalty to the show. It is a beautiful thing that we do not take for granted also get ready for that thanksgiving episode i know i talked about it last time but i really i really want some good you stuff can start this year. submitting right now yeah if you have it in your heart just let it out and we'll save it for thanksgiving something you're very thankful for you know it could be 30 seconds it could be a minute and go back to dollamore.com search thanksgiving and or in itunes search thanksgiving yeah, there actually might be a couple of compilations on youtube yeah that too. Dollamore Thanksgiving episode right, or something. Just so you can get a feel for what yeah, it's like. Yeah, yeah. It's a good time. Thanks a lot. Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So onward with the Donald Trump jackassery at the Mississippi rally tonight. At which he mocked. Christine Blasey Ford, and then proceeded to 
shed crocodile tears about what a bad situation Bart O'Kavanaugh is in. Shouldn't happen to him. What he's going through. 36 years ago, this happened. I had one beer. Right? I had one beer. Well, do you think it was... Nope, it was one beer. Oh, good. How did you get home? I don't remember. How'd you get there? I don't remember. Where is the place? I don't remember. How many years ago was it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What neighborhood was it in? I don't know. Where's the house? I don't know. Upstairs, downstairs, where was it? I don't know. But I had one beer. That's the only thing I remember. So that was what Josh and Emma were referring to in their emails when they talked about Donald Trump mocking Dr. Ford at his rally. I believe this one was in Mississippi. That's right. Yes. Um, Can I say, Donald Trump's a cunt. I mean, come on. It's pretty official at this point. Views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. I mean, that's disgusting. All right, go ahead. Give your m- measured and reasonable analysis here. Um, uh, it fires me up, man. You know, that's a woman who credibly testified about her assault that no one denied they believed happened. And then he does this. Yeah, I guess what is most disturbing to me is that he's been basically trying and people have been not necessarily complimenting him, but yeah, I don't want to use the word praise. Um, I don't know. I guess they've been observing. Yeah, they've been been recognizing that he hasn't commented on Dr. Ford very much, that he hasn't been criticizing her. He hasn't been lashing out. He hasn't been attacking. And so to me, it seems like this has just been building and building and building. And who knows what they've been trying to do to prevent him from making a statement. Yeah. From sending off a tweet in the middle of the night when he's having a cheeseburger in bed. And now he's <laughs> now he's being let loose at the rally. Yeah, yeah. Where he then feeds off the crowd and is imbued with some false sense of power. Yeah, like because everyone agrees. loves him. That's right. Right. And so he's just getting his ego massaged and stroked. And yes, Donald, you're so funny and you have uh, the best jokes and you're so smart and we love you. And he just goes wild. And this is his tr- this is his true self in that moment. Th- that a truer thing has never been said. Mm-hmm. I mean, that really is it. Yeah. Donald Trump at a rally. That's Donald Trump. Yes. That this is him. That's the real deal. Yes. And they try to act like him behaving is the real him. Yeah, no. Look at this restraint. Oh, he hasn't said anything. He's not attacking. Well, get him in front of people that tell him he's right and laugh. Yeah. And that he's so funny. And then you see what he says. Yeah. Well, as soon as he's validated, he launches in to this defense of Kavanaugh like he's the victim here. And a man's life is in tatters. A man's life is shattered. His wife is shattered. His daughters, who are beautiful, incredible. Young kids, they destroy people. They want to destroy people. These are really evil people. And then you see, 
And then you see the people that are doing it. I know everyone. I could tell you things about every one of them. Yeah. Um, he's... <laughs> He's he's being ruined. Just lack of just nothing. He's just, being ruined. He's up for a seat on the Supreme Court. He's being ruined. Yeah. Yes. He he's up for one of the most powerful positions, and he's his listen, life is being ruined. He had to say he can't teach his class at Harvard. I, listen, if 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 that's what your life in tatters means that you're getting ready to have a seat on the Supreme Court, I'd love to see success. I mean, goddamn. Right. Where is he living right now? What did he have for dinner? You think that they're it's not tatters, you think I'll tell they're you that. all eating well? Do you think the roof is over their head? Right. Do you think that they have nice cars and they're all safe at home? Yeah. And the cars are safe. They're not worrying about them breaking down when they go to work. Right? They're not food insecure. They're not at threat of the police. Also, please, his daughters are going to be fine. I mean, Brett Kavanaugh is the one who used his daughter's name during the speech to, yeah, yeah. to make the little note about her praying. But People generally respect the kids of adults in these situations. I mean, you're going to get some psychos, but that's the outliers. Why, that's not the norm. Why would the kids be punished? They're little girls. Yeah. They're, no, don't try to use that. That's ridiculous. But this is the new thing. You have Donald Trump Jr. coming out saying that he's more afraid for yep, his sons than his right. daughters. Dana Lash was on Fox News. Uh, of course. The new line, you know, it used to be, I'm the father of daughters. Now it's, I'm the mother of sons. <laughs> uh, and they're so worried about their sons. But this is the new thing, how hard it is out there for white men. But there's a whole Washington Post article this morning where the title is, Male Fury and Fear Rises in GOP in Defense of Kavanaugh. And, and the notion is is that men are somehow being threatened in a larger sense by what's happening. And that they're as energized now, that if Brett Kavanaugh is an avatar of how men, white men, are now being victimized and besieged by all of this Me Too movement, are they as energized you know, as women are? Hang, hang, hang on one yeah. second, Jeffrey, because I want to do two things. One, I want to play Donald Trump Jr., who in this interview made this case. So let's play Donald DJT. DJT. Who are you scared most for, your sons or your daughter? I mean, right now, I'd say my sons. But when the other side weaponizes it against men and says, you know, 40 years later, we can bring it up, and you did something in high school that no one remembers, but it should disqualify you from ever doing anything again, it really diminishes the real claims. So that's text is subtext right there. You know subtext what? Is text. Every night, I cry myself to sleep over the fate of white men in America. <laughs> white men have no power. White men, I mean, it's such garbage. Man, I mean, you're not so listening ridiculous. to right-wing media where well, this is a I, talking I, point that I, has I, caught I, on like wild I understand time. that. And you know what? If you sexual assault, sexually assault someone in high school, your life should be ruined. Your life should be pursued. I mean, the idea that this is somehow unjust. Remember, this all started with accusations of sexual assault. How about the lives of the women who were sexually assaulted in high school? How about the 15-year-old uh, Ms. Blasey, she wasn't Ms. Blasey Ford in those days. How about her life? All this whining about the poor plight of white men is ridiculous. And can I say one thing here? Because yeah. the case is being made among the in the Republican Party that there is this rage, this rising, and it could have an impact in the polls. Well, we have a poll from Quinnipiac, which shows perhaps something different. It gets to the idea of support for Brett Kavanaugh, and support for Brett Kavanaugh has dropped substantially over the last week. 48% now oppose his confirmation. It was 42 in this Quinnipiac poll on September 10th. You can see the opposition growing, and we don't have the poll out here, but, but, but the male numbers actually haven't changed. You know, men are not supporting or opposing 
this confirmation in any greater numbers. Women, however, are opposing this confirmation in much greater numbers. 55% oppose the confirmation, Anita. So if there yeah, is energy, sure. Republicans making the case that the, the angry white men are going to change the frame. Maybe it's not the angry white men. Maybe it's the angry women. And there you go. And we're yeah. start, we're starting to see that change, too. In fact, we saw it with Jeff Flake, where he was confronted in the elevator. And this growing acceptance of listening to women's stories, of permitting women to be angry, right? Yeah. I hate to use the word permitting, but typically it's been something that is shut down in women. Well, when you're out of the power structure, it is permitting. It's permitting without ridicule. So, yeah, I, I think it's an accurate. If you come across as too angry as a woman. Yeah. Like you said earlier, people think you're a bitch. People don't want to be around you. People don't want to deal with you. If you're an angry man, you you're, just take seem. Charge. Yeah, you're powerful. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think it's good that all this is happening because we're able to have this larger conversation about acceptable roles for men and women in society and what women are allowed to be like versus what men are allowed to be like and the differences that exist there. Um, I think it's important to highlight that. And that's at least one positive thing coming out of all this. I Let guess. me let's jump. We're going all around. the. Normally, there's an order in which we follow the, the audience doesn't know because they don't see the list. But there's no order. I have the, the universe set is up chaos in Jesse. a certain in a certain way. But we're going to jump around now. So I, I'm going to play. That was a powerful moment with Jeff Flake where he's trying to get on an elevator and get the fuck out of there. Mm -hmm. And he was accosted by two women. And it was accosted. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. It was deserving and this that, 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 they, that they would approach him and yell at him in an elevator and demand that he make eye contact with them when they tell their truth. And this was before he went in, I believe, to give his vote. Is that correct? Or he had already said he's going to vote yes. And then left committee. And then the next day is when they they made the agreement um, that they made to get the FBI involved. Okay. In front of your office with Anne Barkley. I told the story of my sexual assault. I told it because I recognized in Dr. Ford's story that she's telling the truth. What you are doing is allowing someone who actually violated a woman to sit in the Supreme Court. This is not tolerable. You have children in your family. Think about them. I have two children. I cannot imagine that for the next 50 years, they will have to have someone in the Supreme Court who has been accused of violating a young girl. What are you doing, sir? I was sexually assaulted and nobody believes me. I didn't tell anyone and you're telling all women that they don't matter, that they should just stay quiet because if they tell you what happened to them, you're going to ignore them. That's what happened to me, and that's what you're telling all women in America. That they don't matter, they should just keep it to themselves, because if they have told the truth, they're just going to help that man to power anyway. That's what you're telling all of these women. That's what you're telling me right now. Look at me when I'm talking to you. You're telling me that my assault doesn't matter. That what happened to me doesn't matter, and that you're going to let people who do these things into power. That's what you're telling me when you vote for him. Don't look away from me. Look at me and tell me that it doesn't matter what happened to me. That you let people like that come into the highest court of the land and tell everyone what they can do to their bodies. 
you have an answer, Senator? Senator Clay, do you think that Brett Kavanaugh is telling the truth? Do you think that he's able to hold the pain of this country and repair it? That is the work of justice. The way that justice works is you recognize harm, you take responsibility for it, and then you begin to repair it. You're allowing someone who is unwilling to take responsibility for his own actions, unwilling to hold the harm that he has done to one woman, actually three women, and, and, and repair it. And if you watch this clip, you can see the discomfort on everyone's faces that are standing in the elevator. Yeah. I believe it's Jeff Flake and then his like assistants or staff. It might be a staffer and maybe an elevator operator if they still have. When I worked on the Hill, mm-hmm. there were people who manned the senator-only elevators. Mm. Um, listen, I don't have an immense amount of respect for Jeff Flake for a myriad reasons. But this seemed genuine. I I don't know what your take was. This seemed like he was not just anguished because of the uncomfortability of it. But I think this this was a moment that touched him. Mm -hmm. I I don't know why. Maybe I'm wrong. I I mean, I could. I'd love to hear what everybody thinks. By the way, we never dropped the phone number. Oh, for communication. Six, five, seven, four, six, four. 7609. I'm mm. snorting as I talk. <laughs> and uh, don't forget, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone, directly from your smartphone, to I doubt it at dollamore.com. By the way, if you're listening to this and you've never sent in an email or a voicemail, how dare you? How dare you, sir? Get how on it. How dare you, sir? Or get madam. on it. We want to hear from you. For sure. Do it. Do it. Well, we need to get that <laughs> drop. That's a great drop. Um, I would love to know what the audience thinks about, because I don't want to be blinded by the fact that I disagree vehemently on multiple fronts with Jeff Flake. I want to look into that guy, because he is the reason that we have an FBI. He singularly is the reason that we have an FBI investigation right now. And likely these women. That is right. No, right, exactly. Right. For sure that. Right. That would be, I would be remiss not to be corrected. (laughs) But they don't have the power to hold up the committee. Right. He does. So thankfully, they did touch him. Right. And I believe they did. Mm-hmm. People can shit on him and you fuck that guy. But without him, mm-hmm. it's like you can shit on McCain all day long, but without him, certain things wouldn't have gone the way they did. Mm-hmm. And you got to give a little credit in that respect that I think there is something genuine there. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully, he's unencumbered by a need to be reelected because he's not running again. Mm-hmm. That's doesn't really speak to character. But yeah, you do the right the right thing for the wrong reason. The right thing still happens. That's gonna catch on someday. <laughs> so you keep trying. So I, again, I'd like to know what everybody would think about that about that moment. Mm-hmm. It's certainly pivotal. It's certainly going to be historic. Yeah. In the in the scope of of this hap the the you know a uh, uh, confirmation hearing. Mm-hmm. Love to know what you think. Yeah. Six five seven once again four six four seventy six zero nine. Email voice memos from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. Now the board's all all screwed. So where where shall we move to, Brittany Page? Should we go to the the students? Yeah. Yes. The, the the classmates. They're not students anymore. They're not. One is the head of uh, gynecological oncology yeah. at a hospital. And this other guy, this new guy, uh, Chad Luddington, is a professor somewhere. I mean, 
Apparently, all his classmates just went on to have spectacular careers because of their Ivy League educations. How shocking. Right. We're back talking about Brett Kavanaugh. And his, yeah, that's right. His, well, we haven't stopped. What do you mean? His classmates talking about his drinking habits and how he wasn't completely honest. But before we play those clips, can I tell you what Brett Kavanaugh reminds me of? And I tried to t- track down this clip. But I think the movie's too old and no one cares about it. And um, it probably wasn't even good when I'm it came out in 2000. I'm ready to be surprised, too. So. Okay, so the movie is Pay It Forward. And I remember loving the movie when I was younger. Everybody knows that movie. That's the kid from The Sixth Sense. Or what's his name? Not ha- Haley Joel Osment. Haley Joel Osment. Yeah. And, um, and Kevin Spacey. Uh-oh. And, uh, Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt, right. But there's a scene in there where Jay Moore... Is that his name? Jay Moore, yeah, yeah, comedian. He goes to visit one of the people in the movie. Um, I don't know if it's a prominent actor. I don't remember the movie completely. Again, it came out in 2000. <laughs> um, and he goes to visit this guy in jail to like get his version of events. And they do this thing where the guy is telling the story. And then they show what really happened while oh, he's telling yeah, the story. Yeah, yeah. And this reminds me of Brett Kavanaugh, because if Brett Kavanaugh were doing this, we would see a completely different version of events if this it was is, real life. This is the scene where he goes in, the guy goes, I was on my way to church. Right. And then they show him breaking into a liquor store or something. Breaking into some window. He smashes through a window and steals like a stereo or something <laughs> right, right, right. Um, while saying he was on his way to church. And that reminds me of Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was at ch- I was worried about church and volunteering and doing all these great things. And then we like see footage of him doing a keg stand yeah right yeah <laughs> well now because we have eyewitness testimony now from people who drank with him who spent a lot of time with him in college and they are directly passionately refuting his claim that he was some kind of a choir boy who eh, once in a while i you know, enjoyed a beer too what do you know about brett kavanaugh that he was not truthful about in the hearing well i've known brett since the very beginning of freshman year He was always uh, one of the beer-drinking boys, and I drank beer with him. I liked beer. There's no problem with drinking beer in college. The problem is lying about it. He drank heavily. He was a partier. He liked to do beer bongs. He played drinking games. He, He was a sloppy drunk. He was more interested in impressing the boys than he was in impressing the girls. I never saw him be sexually aggressive, but he definitely was sloppy drunk. So, in terms of the allegations of a more serious nature, you have nothing on that. You never saw him do anything that you would call wrong or offensive or inappropriate with any women. Good to note, out of fairness. However, his description of himself as, certainly in high school, I was about my church programs, going to church, studying, being number one, doing my sports teams. I didn't have sex in high school, didn't have sex for many years after that. Loved beer, but that's it, nothing to excess. You don't buy it. I don't buy it. I, I, um, I didn't, that's not the bread I knew as soon as I met him in college. It's not the bread I saw during four years at Yale. And, um, I don't think many of his answers were credible. I don't, I, I really question any senator that believes the Ralph Club had something to do with his known weak stomach. I knew of no weak stomach. That's not what Ralphing means to any college kid. Yes, it usually means that you're just throwing up from drinking too much in general. Exactly. Uh, There were a lot of things that he explained (laughs) uh, in a way that didn't meet with a lot of people's expectations. Let me ask you something, though. If he is lying about how much 
he liked drinking and uh, whether or not he got drunk a lot. If he is not telling the truth about that, do you think that that is disqualifying for him in this nomination? Absolutely. That's perjury. He was under oath. Even if it's not about the main allegations, even if he's telling the truth that I'm not the one who did this to Christine Ford. I didn't do what your former roommate at Yale, uh, Ramirez, alleges. I never did that to her. I was never there. I didn't do any of that. If he's truthful about all that, but not telling the truth about how he was uh, with booze, that's enough for you. That's enough for me. If he if he had said I would have stayed on the sidelines if he had said. Um, I drank to excess in high school. I drank to excess in college. I did some stupid things, um, but it ne- but I never sexually assaulted anybody. Uh, that I that I would have stayed on the sidelines for. I didn't have any credible evidence to the contrary. But to lie under oath, to lie about that, then what else is true? To be to blur, you know, in the highest position in the judiciary in our land, to not know the difference between truth and lies. That, that's just terrible. It's not about women versus men. It's not about Democrats versus Republicans. It's about the integrity of the Supreme Court. Hmm. Now, I'm not asking you about what Ramirez alleges because you've already said you don't know anything about that. You were her roommate, but you weren't present. You hadn't heard about it at the time. You don't know anything about it. Let me ask you something. Are you willing to talk to the FBI? I'm willing to talk to the FBI. Yes. And that's a little bit of a scary proposition, too. You know, one of the differences, even if you put out a sworn statement, which some people have, I think in Mark Judge's case, it was through his attorney. So that's a little tricky in terms of whether or not that's a sworn statement that has the same penalty of a felony that others do. But when you sit across from the FBI, you have to tell them the truth or it's a crime. Not a problem for you? Not a problem for me. I believe in the truth. <laughs> so, you know, that's I, Liz Swisher. Yes. I saw someone today. On Facebook, right? I haven't heard about the lying under oath. What is this about? <laughs> are they just selectively on Facebook or they just exist in a, I guess if they saw your post, they don't exist in an echo chamber. Well, I don't know what's going on, but clearly people are not wanting to hear things that they should be hearing. Yeah. Right? Because... Lots of lies. Because this is important. I mean, imagine how you would feel if someone you knew back in the day was testifying before the Senate Judiciary Committee, acting like a completely different person. Yeah. Uh, you'd be like, wait a minute. No, bro. I know what's going on here. Sorry, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me, sir. Well, listen, he, here's, this is Professor, Ch- Professor, this is Professor, Professor Chad Luddington. He also was a classmate and he's the one that brought out this case today of the ice throwing, the fight in the bar, the Yale, the local bar there. And uh, it, things just aren't looking good. It's it's downhill from here because many, many people are starting to filter out of the woodwork to say, yeah, his testimony really turned me off. I can't stand, I could stand there if I can't attest to him not being a sexual abuser. I, I, I don't know. I never saw that. But if he drank heavily with me and passed out was a sloppy freak, eh, I saw that. And I don't want a liar on the Supreme Court of the United States, a man who's willing to perjure himself, who's going to be standing in judgment of others. And uh, give you a little bit of an update of where things stand. Um, I do not believe that heavy drinking or even loudish behavior of an 18 or even 21-year-old 
should condemn a person for the rest of his life. I would be a hypocrite to think so. However, I have direct, repeated knowledge about Brett's drinking and his disposition while drunk. And I do believe that Brett's actions as a 53-year-old federal judge matter. If he lied about his past actions on national television, and more especially while speaking under oath in front of the United States Senate, I believe those lies should have consequences. It is truth that is at stake, and I believe that the ability to speak the truth, even when it does not reflect well upon oneself, is a paramount quality we seek in our nation's most powerful judges. I can unequivocally say that in denying the possibility that he ever blacked out from drinking, and in downplaying the degree and frequency of his drinking, Brett has not told the truth. I felt it was my civic duty to tell of my experience while drinking with Brett, and I offer this statement to the press. I have no desire to speak further publicly and nothing more to say to the press at this time. I will, however, take my information to the FBI, and on that note, I contacted the FBI, contacted me this morning, I contacted them, I've received the form, I've filled it out with the details, but I can't give those to anybody right now. Thank you very you much. Your roommate said he never saw him black out, and he, he was with him when he got home at night and saw him when he woke up. Your response to that? Uh, I unfortunately believe that um, my, my probably now ex-friend is, is lying. Could you restate your first sentence again? Having a problem on the microphone there. My first sentence? Like the first two sentences. I do not believe that heavy drinking or even loudish behavior of an 18 or, or even 21-year-old should condemn a person for the rest of his life. I would be a hypocrite to think so. What specifically did he testify to that you believe is a lie? I have seen Brett drunk to the point he could easily be passed out. But you never saw him passed out? No, I never saw him passed out, but I saw him quite drunk. He saw me quite drunk. And he, he testified that he did drink and wasn't proud of everything. He did, but he also downplayed to a great degree the possibility that he could ever not know what was going on. So you're saying there were omissions? I'm saying there were omissions. There were certainly many times when he could not remember what was going on. Has anyone at the FBI actually told you they want to hear from you? And then he walks away, which he said, <laughs> he said, I'm not going to answer any more questions and then kind of get roped in to answer a few questions. Yeah, I liked how he said, listen, I'm not just coming out here and saying that he drank because people keep trying to, to make this about the drinking, right? Everyone acted irresponsibly when they were younger. Everyone had some drinks when they were younger. What's the big deal? Well, the big deal is... That he's going yeah. to be a Supreme Court justice. And, and that, he's lying under that, oath. There's the rub. He's lying yeah. under oath. Even if it's about something small, yeah. like drinking, you have to wonder, what else is he lying about? I, I That's also, the whole point. It's for sure the point, and it is absolutely disqualified. Donald Trump has even said, yeah, if he lied, that, that's a that's a problem. It's disqualifying. Mm -hmm. But I, lo I loved when um, Liz uh, Swisher was saying that he loves the beer bong. He loves them beer bongs. Mm -hmm. It's have you ever known someone who bongs a beer down there and then uh, oh no um that's it that's good for me that's moderation everybody <laughs> that doesn't happen mm -hmm. <laughs> beer bonging is an act in and of itself that is a radical thing it's 
consuming as much beer as possible in as little time as possible. Mm-hmm. It's not a moderate thing. It's like, yeah, I go home and beer bong a couple of beers and then, you know, watch some TV. It's a good time. (laughs) Nobody does that. Yeah. So another inconsistency in this story, I know we want to get to this really great mashup about Sonia Sotomayor and the the criticism that she faced when she was going through her nomination process. But I quickly want to get to this reporting from NBC News about Deborah Ramirez. Deborah Ramirez is the second accuser that came forward. She's the one who claims that he put his dick in her face. Correct. At a like a like a truth or dare kind of a drinking game thing or something. Right. So in the days leading up to that public allegation, uh, Brett Kavanaugh and his team were communicating behind the scenes with friends to refute the claim, according to text messages obtained by NBC News. Weeks in advance, I I, I heard. Uh, It says in the days leading up. Okay. So that's what the reporting says. But uh, according to the texts, uh, both friends of Kavanaugh suggest that the nominee was personally talking to former classmates about Ramirez's story in advance of the New Yorker article that made her allegation public. In one message... Um, One of the friends said uh, Kavanaugh asked her to go on the record in his defense. Two other messages show communication between Kavanaugh's team and former classmates in advance of the story. Wow. Mm -hmm. It flies in the face of what he he said. He didn't know about the allegation until the story came out. Mm -hmm. And now we're learning that he was in communication with her about it prior to the story coming out. So there's another lie. It's not just the drinking. We've got a pattern here. Right. The texts also demonstrate that Kavanaugh and Ramirez were more socially connected than previously understood, according Mm. to this reporting, and that Ramirez was actually uncomfortable around Kavanaugh when they saw each other at a wedding 10 years after they graduated. So that's interesting that she would feel uncomfortable around him. The way I understand it, the FBI has interviewed her. They're delving into that. Mm -hmm. So all that's up in the air. We're not going to make a determination on that because we don't know. We don't know how thorough they're doing it. We don't. We have no idea. Right. But this is all very interesting. It all points to uh, a problematic relationship with the truth, to say the least, for a man who wants to have an associate justice position on the highest court in the goddamn land. So, should we move on to the Sotomayor thing? We should. Prepare a- to be enraged. A- a- as a juxtaposition, we're talking about how women get treated. We're talking about... Uh, how, you know, the, the the bossy thing, the bitchy thing, when it's really just assertive and taking charge like a man would be. Listen to how conservative nutter butters reacted to the nomination process and the nomination of Sotomayor, who now sits on the Supreme Court. Talk about fucking hypocrisy. This is disgusting. We ought to go for temperament. We ought to go find out if Rosen is right, if this woman was a bully on the bench. Will she be able to handle the pressure? Will her infamous temper that some have talked about who have practiced before her flare up at all today? She got a, she's an angry woman. She's, got a, she's, got a, she's a bigot. She's a racist. Some colleagues and attorneys who have argued cases before her have made allegations saying that she's aggressive, a bit of a bully. I see a person who's imbalanced and incapable of judging fairly. We've heard her as fiery and aggressive from the bench. She's had temperament well, problems. We've heard, we've heard- Let's hope that the, the key conferences uh, aren't uh, when she's menstruating or something, or just before she's going to menstruate. That would really be bad. I think the woman is not so bright. 
Um, from what I have heard from people who have worked around her, work with her, um, that is definitely the vibe. I, yeah, you know, she's not that bright, and she is a divisive individual. She's not liked by her colleagues. She's not particularly respected by her colleagues. There's been a lot of chatter about it over the years. She's going to try to bulldoze the other uh, justices in her direction. I don't know whether they'll move, but, you know, people don't like to be bullied. She's going to try to bully them. She seems a little bit feistier today. The word on the street is that she's rather abrasive. The woman's scary. Wow. They talked about her period. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I got a connection to the guy who was talking about her period, her menstruation. That's G. Gordon Liddy, mm -hmm. famed for the Watergate break-in during the Nixon administration. I know his son Tom pretty well. I had dinner with G. Gordon Liddy. Mm -hmm. I, and this was when I was a rabid conservative crazy person, worked on Capitol Hill. I thought he was awesome and hilarious. And apparently I was just as much of a, of a dick face as, as he is. Because that's disgusting. I mean, that's some of the worst that was played there was that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we're happy that you came around. <laughs> I certainly did. Mm -hmm. I mean, he sounds like the guy from the the movie that, that you love, The the Departed. What, do you get your period? <laughs> yes, exactly. Seriously. But listen to the complaints they had about her. Right. And calling her a racist, by the way, it's, yeah. because, it's because she said this quote in 2001. This is the quote that everyone started attacking her for. Quote, I would hope that a wise Latina woman with the richness of her experiences would more often than not reach a better conclusion than a white male who hasn't lived that life. Mm, you know what I think was going on there? Mm. What do you get your period? Yeah, <laughs> that must have been it. Yeah. Oh, my God. What a racist woman. So I love hearing like whoever that was in that clip, Newt Gingrich or somebody talking about how racist Sonia Sotomayor is. But we have Donald Trump. That was Newt. That, or that was uh, Rush Limbaugh was saying that. Yeah. Oh, please, please, please. And then what do we have going on now? It's like, what is wrong with these people? I don't know. I am the least racist person you've ever met. Why would you say he's racist, Brittany? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make you a racist. It makes you smart. Oh. It makes you an American. Mm. Yes. You're racist. You're racist. You're racist. They keep saying it. You're racist. Uh, Great. President of the United States, everybody. Mm -hmm. I don't have a racist bone in my body. You know what but, else? But <laughs> Sotomayor is the racist. Yeah. You know what else Donald Trump doesn't have? Um, a normal man-sized penis? A, sm <laughs> a small loan of $1 million. Oh, yeah. I read about this today. Holy shit. This is... I, this better catch fire. Well, there's been a statement from the New York State Taxation Authority regarding the New York Times story, which we will get to. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna lead with yeah. what's happening in the aftermath of the story. It's about taxes and Donald Trump. Okay, how are you gonna get us there? Quote: The tax department is reviewing the allegations in the New York Times article and is vigorously pursuing all appropriate avenues of investigation. Wow! All right, so this is big. Okay, this is four hundred thirteen million dollars, kind of big. Right. So the Times investigation found that Donald Trump received at least four hundred thirteen million in today's dollars from his father's real estate empire, much of it through tax dodges in the nineteen nineties. So not a million, a little small, a little, little, just a little bitty, little, little loan of a million dollars is practically nothing you know that's the line he uses yes he right. said it on the view right so he's always proclaiming himself a safe self-made billionaire yeah 
And he has long insisted that his father provided almost no financial help with the small loan of a million dollars. But the Times investigation, based on a vast trove of confidential tax returns and financial records, reveals that Mr. Trump received the equivalent today of at least $413 million from his father's real estate empire, starting when he was a toddler and continuing to this day. I read a headline today that Donald Trump was making at least... $200,000 a year at three years old. Now, much of this money came to Donald Trump because he helped his parents dodge taxes. Yeah. He and his siblings set up a sham corporation to disguise millions of dollars in gifts from their parents, um, according to records and interviews. Records indicate that Donald Trump helped his father take improper tax deductions worth millions more. He also helped formulate a strategy to undervalue his parents' real estate holdings by hundreds of millions on tax returns. On tax returns. Yeah. Sharply reducing the tax bill when those properties were transferred to him and his siblings. These maneuvers, according to the New York Times, met with little resistance from the IRS. The president's parents, Fred and Mary Trump, transferred well over $1 billion in wealth to their children, which could have produced a tax bill of at least $550 million under the 55% tax rate, then imposed on gifts and inheritance. The Trumps paid a total of $52.2 million, or about 5% tax records show. 5%. How is it conscionable that you can cut a 55% tax burden to 5%? You work at 7-Eleven, you don't pay 5% taxes. If you have a billion dollars to give away... 5% is a goddamn disgrace. Well, it's un-American. It's unpatriotic. So Donald Trump declined repeated requests to comment for this article, but his attorney, uh, Charles Harder, provided a written statement to the New York Times, mm-hmm. and it said, quote, the New York Times' allegations of fraud and tax evasion are 100% false and highly defamatory. There was no fraud or tax evasion by anyone. The facts upon which the Times bases its false allegations are extremely inaccurate. President Trump had virtually no involvement whatsoever with these matters. The affairs were handled by other Trump family members who were not experts themselves and therefore relied entirely upon the aforementioned licensed professionals to ensure full compliance with the law. So giving some distance there between himself and... And the tax of course. But this raises a big question, which is Donald Trump's tax returns. Yes. Which we never saw. And it is customary for the president, um, someone running for president, to release their tax returns. He did not do that. Yeah. And he was still elected. And now this comes out. Is anyone surprised? I have a question. Mm-hmm. Where is Alan Weisselberg? The longtime Trump business manager, CFO, who goes back all the way back to the Fred Trump days. He is cooperating with prosecutors right now. You think now this is going to come up? They're going to ask him some questions? Because you don't cooperate as a witness. He's been given amnesty, remember. You don't cooperate as a witness if you don't have something to lose. And uh, I would I would bet dollars to donuts, and you know how I love to bet donuts, Brittany Page. Mm. Um, he's involved here. He's going to be giving up the the goods. 
Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be good for Donald Trump or the Trump organization. Well, I want to say on your comment about um, by age three, he was earning $200,000 a year in today's dollars. Is that wrong? No, that's right. And he was actually a millionaire by age eight. Yeah. By age eight. So I said because some- of a tax tax dodge. I said something to you a few days ago, which is I used to drive Fuck off. I think it was. It was exactly that. I used to. <laughs> <laughs> I used to drive around in neighborhoods with large houses. I think everyone has probably done this, and I would look at them and yeah. I would think, I wonder what they do for a living. Right. I, I do that same thing. When we live in Orange County. Mm-hmm. When I see one with a, a Rolls Royce Phantom drive, and they're all over the place. Right. I think, what's that guy do for a living? Right, but now the question that I ask myself is, how much did they get in inheritance? Oh, yeah. What kind of property did they inherit? That is a great question. What kind of money did they inherit? Um, You mean they didn't pull themselves up by their bootstraps? Well, I think that's a lot Like Judge Kavanaugh saying, I worked my tail off. I had no connections to Yale. Well, your granddad went there, so there's that. Well, you also went to one of the most expensive prep schools in D.C., so... Your mom's a, ju- a federal judge. Right. Your family has yeah. money. There's all kinds of things that are going right. in your favor. Okay? Super rich. Yeah, you're going to Ireland at 18 and getting drunk every day. And, and no, no one cares about what you do. You're president of the Ralph Club. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. Super big deal. <laughs> <laughs> High but, achievers. But, but it's a good thing. I mean, that's a great point about the accumulated wealth and the transmission of that wealth from generation to generation. Well, anything I can do to... Um, advocate for the understanding of the myth of meritocracy yeah is important to me we should get a guest on real soon (laughs) to talk about a book that they wrote about that very topic i am in the process of doing that wow that's that's good news i know who would have thought good news everybody Mm -hmm. yes should we end it there we should We'd love to know what you think. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Listen, for all you new people out there, if you are into the show, you'd like to help support the show, join the Patreon family. Go to dollamore.com slash Patreon. You can give a dollar, two dollars, five dollars a month, whatever amount. If you're if if you are one of these intergenerational reci- reci- uh, recipients of wealth, uh, we we love a little a little a uh, little help. Wow, <laughs> just I'm just I'm going out there. I might need to play the disclaimer again. <laughs> I'm I want to put some distance between me and what you're saying. Well, then I don't need to play the disclaimer. You just did it personally. Oh, so. okay, perfect. Anyway, you can go to dollarmore.com/slash/patreon. We love and appreciate so much. All of the generosity that we get from our audience, not just from from listening um, twice a week or as often as you do, for the ratings and the reviews on iTunes, those are all beautiful things, but also the financial support on PayPal and Patreon. You guys are the best. Shopping on Amazon and going out of your way. It really is. It's it's extra. You do extra for us, and um, it does not go unnoticed or unappreciated, so... We will leave you there. We love you. We appreciate you. Until next time, for Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore. This has been I Doubt. So I limped off the plane like I, <laughs> like, yeah, like I was stolen Valor guy. <laughs> 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 <laughs>